can't believe that you haven't seen it. Love it so much you really gotta stream it. Let me tell you every line right now. I can quote the whole thing since I was 12. Maybe your mom told you no. She said she wouldn't give you Do you need a podcast fix, baby? Do do you wanna listen to me talk to Jane? Uh, 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 are you ready for a good episode? Well, you got one coming your way. Cause I'm not up to start talking. I got all that melody and I sure watch the big movie, baby. Hey, hey, hey. And welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, and this is my lovely co-host, Jane D. Woods Hammer. Um, mm. We are coming at you live once again with a, a movie to, to talk about, to break down. Um uh, just so everybody knows, uh, mm. we've been getting a lot of murmurs. There's been a lot of interest in in talking, disengaging with us off the show. Mm. Um, and we want you to know there are places to do that. There are outlets mm-hmm. that we've set up for this to happen. Um, Conversations. Absolutely. Um, if you want to follow us on Instagram or on Facebook, you can find us there at Movies We Missed. And if you want to check out our award-winning twi- Twitter account, then you can tweet, tweet, tweet over to MWM chat. We check it. Um, I think we're down to every 30 seconds at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to go. You're not going to go long without getting a rebuttal or response. You know, and we live <laughs> for the chaos. Um, so, yeah, Jane and I haven't really talked a lot. We haven't seen each other in... <laughs> Uh, real life. Dave and I, yesterday we were we went to Costco because I'm old. Um, and that was a big event in our day. And then we wow. almost drove by your home. We almost called to see what you two were up to because we thought about popping by to just say hello. It was like around four or five-ish, but I needed to get back and watch the movie. And okay, we were yeah, like, me let's too. Just, let's just, yeah. So we watched it. And by the way, just so you know, this is that was a deep cut. I started us with um, the Danity Kane, the, the Diddy approved Danity yes. Kane band um mm-hmm. song hit in quotes hit song damaged um it didn't i don't know if it topped the charts but it was a bop in, in you know in my home uh it was a hit between me and brandon brandon it was and a I hit between that song between yeah. us uh damaged and uh the name of the album this is the deep cut the name of that album that that song was on was welcome to the dollhouse so <gasps> oh really oh yeah. that's it all comes together wow you're a, a, and it a did magician you, and it debuted at number one. I remember that. I didn't look that up. I remember because it debuted at number one. And then like a couple weeks later, the band like disbanded. And I was like, I what? dare any of you to Google that. And, um, you know, uh, give Brandon a run for his money. I don't oh, know dispute. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, no, that's, that's the, <laughs> my brain broke. And uh, yeah, it's uh, there's nothing worse than watching a person search for a word. It's like it's so chaotic. Also, one thing that not I really, being able to help them because you don't know what direction they're going. I, I in was like, I was like, thinking she can't be looking for dispute. That's what I was actually <laughs> thinking. Um, or I would have stepped in sooner. Um, also, I also want to point out another old thing. I'm late to the party. I'll also preface mm. it with that. But me and okay. Dave have gotten really into Wordle. And um, I've been doing oh the Wordles. Oh my god, girl, we do you them. have to send me your Wordle every day. I do it every day. What do you mean send it to you? 
Oh, so you, you can, can see send... like my journey. So you can see my journey to finding the word. Yeah, you can send. <gasps> That's yeah, something yeah, yeah, that yeah. I do find very interesting. Dave and I, we we have a we have a sesh afterwards after we do the word mm-hmm. where we discuss how our brain works. And yesterday was the first day that we, which is like, it's so funny when things come to you and you're like, why didn't you do this? But I will say we've been doing it consistently. I'd say for probably about two weeks now. So mm-hmm. this is a new thing, but I, and I was gone for like the last week, obviously, but I will say that like yesterday was the first day that I was, we were talking cause we've been, cause thinking of first words is always is the big thing that we've been discussing. Like, what word do you think of? Um, and so yeah, Dave just chimed in 10 days and I missed a day apparently. So thank you for pointing out my flaws. Uh, but <laughs> I, we were trying to think of like the words you start with. I kept starting with the word tread and Dave was using the word steak. And wow. so that's the word, but I went online cause I looked it up and I was like, what's, what are, what are the words you want? Like there has to be like a method to this. And I found some really good info about great words to start with. And, uh, I think it's going to up my wordle game. And so I'm excited about that journey for me, for myself. I, that was so, um, I like, I feel like possessive of my starter word for Wordle. I don't share it. With oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a new starter word that you're going to start with? I have a new one that I'm going to try out. This is going to be okay. my first day. Dave already did his, and I actually didn't talk to him about which one of the starter words that they suggested that he used. I'm going to start today for the first time, everybody bated breath. I'm going to start with adieu. Okay. Okay, it that's is, a good one. Uh, adieu is a good a lot word. Lots vowels vowel out heavy. Of the way. Vowel heavy. And then I'm going to move on from that and we're going to sort of add in those consonants on that second word. Um, and I'm going to see what that does for me. I'm, I'm, it, that's okay. a really good one. Also, huisha, as in a huisha board, um, is oh. another one that I saw suggested. And I was like, okay, I see Otherwise how this could be useful. Ouija, how most people pronounce it. I have things I realized I couldn't talk to you about on the show. Oh, okay. I was like, why did you just I'll have pause to, t- so have to talk to you about it later. Okay. We, okay. We, people listen to the show now. And so. I know. I know. It's like, oh God, we're going to be. I, and now I like how people are listening and like. What are they going to say? What are they going to say? The thing is, is we're going to start. We're going to be start. Start to be held accountable for what we say oh for sure show. so i'm not going to talk about it but also you have to ask yourself did you do something out of pocket when i when i when i saw you recently because if so then you're probably the subject of conversation between me oh, and jay oh oh i thought you meant me i was like did i do you always do stuff out of pocket that's um, true but you just you wouldn't hold back in telling me so. no but if i've seen you um, recently and you did something crazy well, you probably don't know it was you crazy, <laughs> but me and Jane Think know back. it is. Get Jane's just going to reaffirm each other when we hang out with other people and they do appalling things. Then we reach out to each other and we go, what? And you're like, Am I, is it okay for me to, for me to like be really be disgusted by this? furious yes. about this? It's called an echo chamber, people, and y'all need one. <laughs> also, nothing gets, nothing gets you angrier than when like somebody, when like somebody does something to your best friend. It's like. Oh my God. <gasps> I, like I will I will uh, I will secretly hate you until the day that I die mm-hmm. and that's um, that's Jane and mine that's our toxic trait um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh Jane you want to get into um our movie this week yes I do I really want to get into this movie um we watched a little film called welcome to the dollhouse from 1995 so if it pleases you sir i shall um read a 
a prepared synopsis that I wrote. It um, does, just... milady. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <clears throat> Bridgerton. <laughs> Did you just say Bridgerton? <laughs> Okay, let me get these gigs out. <laughs> That's like a cute little way I'm saying giggle. I don't like it. I got it. And it could have been if I mean you just explained it though. So it's like <laughs> I know that was part of the charm. Okay. <clears throat> Welcome to a nameless New Jersey suburb where everyone is impossibly mean, especially the children. Don Wiener, unaffectionately known by her peers as Wiener Dog or dog face, is a 12-year-old girl living a nightmare scenario. She's constantly bullied by her junior high classmates. They call her ugly, attack her physically, and treat her like she's totally insignificant. And that's just at school. At home, I'm just going to say it, her bitch of a mother and totally apathetic father are busy doting on her younger sister, Missy, a classically adorable ballet dancer, and her academically gifted brother, Mark, who, even though he's referred to as the king of nerds, still has his own set of friends in high school. Despite everyone around Dawn being an asshole, all she really wants is to be loved and accepted by them. She wants to be fucking popular. Soon, she sees an opportunity in the form of Steve Rogers. Steve, a hunk from the local high school, shows up at the Wiener home for some tutoring from Mark. Steve is popular, good-looking, and muscly, and Dawn falls in love at first sight. If she could only make Steve her boyfriend, she'd rise to the level of popularity she's always dreamed of. And she hears Steve is pretty slutty, so she can easily recommend using her feminine guile. Aside from the fact that Steve looks old enough to have fathered Don and he's shown no sexual interest in her, it sounds like the perfect plan. There's only one problem. Brandon, the aptly named class bully, is showing strange interest in Dawn. He acts like he hates her. He even threatens to sexually assault Dawn in one of the more hard-to-swallow storylines in this movie. Instead, when he gets her alone, he actually reveals that he sort of likes her. They are both outcasts in their own way. And Brandon, a hurt and furious preteen, finds some solace in Dawn. But Dawn is saving herself for Steve, so she has to break it to Brandon that she can't be his secret girlfriend. It all comes crashing down around Dawn when she discovers Steve and some other girl hooking up at her parents' 20th anniversary party. Dawn is heartbroken and mad as hell. In a totally rational move driven by the imbalance of hormones coursing through the veins of a 12-year-old, she decides to take things out on her sister, Missy. After her mother asked Dawn to relay a message to Missy that she should get a ride home with a friend from ballet, Dawn sees her opportunity and simply doesn't relay the message. In her wildest dreams, she never thought it would result in Missy getting kidnapped. But here we are, and Dawn sees another opportunity to gain popularity and get the love and affection from her family she so desperately craves through being the person to bring Missy home. Dawn sets off on a journey to find Missy, but will anyone even notice? she's gone does she eventually bring her baby sister back to the praise and glory from her family and community do we think that high school will get any better for our wiener dog i'll ask you this dear listeners and maybe you can intuit the answer from your own experiences did things get better for any of you when you got to high school you'll have your answer when you watch 1995's indie classic welcome to the dollhouse Yes. 
Welcome to the Dollhouse. That was, um, it's the moment. It really is. I'd never seen this movie before. I'd mm-hmm. heard of it. I don't even think I'd really heard of it. I think I was very familiar with the cover art of this movie. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the Dollhouse. Um, I think it was made and released in 95. And then was and then I see the release date listed as May 24th, 1996. That may have been like the um, the date that it was released um, in so theaters. So I think it was a- festivals in 95 and then i think it was purchased by a larger studio and released in theaters yeah like later i think you're right it's a really like um highly regarded film um it won the grand jury prize at sundance film festival um Mm -hmm. and uh yeah roger eber gave it four out of four stars which if his opinion means anything to you we talked about some of his racist and sexist bullshit on here before but he actually got this Mm -hmm. one right um and Mm -hmm. yeah it's just a very like highly regarded coming of age story i think one of the things about it that makes it so special is it's sort of unflinching um Mm -hmm exploration of like adolescence particularly like a uh, female adolescence and yeah it was like a it was one of those films i didn't know how i felt after it was over um yeah i i enjoyed the fact that like this movie ends in this very unresolved note which i think is yeah. really true to life so that made sense but it really is it's funny because it was that thing too when i was watching it where i kept wondering like tat salons who directed this film who i know specifically i didn't realize tat salons had directed this i know tat salons from uh first of all tat salons has directed some wild movies the, the film he, this that is, yeah yes. this is his the, first like major feature and yes. yeah he's done some weird shit ha- happiness is the movie that he directed that i've seen and i actually own because my good friend gave it to me for my birthday one year and it is a wild film um yeah. and mm-hmm. it is uh one of my one of my friend's favorite movies and it's a crazy one and that's why i remembered when i saw his name um uh, happiness there's a couple different um versions of happiness uh the one that i'm talking about has uh our girl uh laura flynn boyle in it mm. and um uh, the icon the legend eternally philip seymour hoffman um uh, yeah and uh philip seymour hoffman and i have the same birthday is that true yeah Mm-hmm. You always, you're always good with like making any sort of thing that happens to the celebrity about, about, um, about myself. Absolutely. It's yeah. sort of, it's, it is a party trick. I do want to say before we jump into this movie, I don't know if people are planning on watching this movie or if they've already watched it, but I do want to give weight to the fact that like, there is some very difficult language in this movie oh, um, yeah. and it's repeated constantly. And I did not realize that before I gave us this movie to watch. Although I have seen this movie so many times, I saw it, you know, I probably haven't seen it in a a pretty significant number of years. And I still love this movie, but I was taken aback by some of the language that, that we just don't use anymore on a daily basis or, or we shouldn't be using at all. Oh yeah, yeah. I I was thinking about the one thing, and then yeah, I was like, wow, this there's, is this is a word we're comfortable with. Yeah, there's just so many words in this movie that are used a lot and very casually in a way that like actually like kind of um, made me seize up a little bit just because I'm not used to hearing it in the you know. Jane is our our also like our resident like woke police as well so don't think that it's just on the podcast Jane lives this life um, she loves sort of um, she loves getting people on the right track um, from just like uh, a cultural standpoint um, and she's gonna let you know if you are 
you know, if you're dancing my, on any sort of lines. My friends absolutely loathe having conversation with me because I'm like, oh, that, not because quit, of that, quit. Jake, but but you are correct. <laughs> but for every other reason, yeah. No, but I'm always yeah. like, oh, actually, we don't use that word anymore. People hate me for that, but I do yeah. all the time. Can't uh, yeah, Dave just chimed in with, "Say it, Jane loves shaming people." Um, that's um, <laughs> she just loves like you I'm know. actually very nice when I bring it up. That's true. That's true. You would have had a you would have had a lot of fun at some of my family functions this uh, past week, where I just <laughs> simply left the room and removed myself because it was uncomfortable for me. And I, I, I sometimes I sometimes when I think there's a possibility of like getting someone on the right track, and sometimes when I'm just like. Ugh, Sometimes I you can't just gotta right take now. that out. You, you just have to like leave out. sometimes and like protect your peace. And it's just like I had a couple yes. of those moments where I was like, oh, "We can't use that word." Oh my god! If you use that word on my friend, oh no. <laughs> um, but you are in a safe space here where you won't be checked. I uh, I try to have really inclusive language. It's also a part of my job too. For sure. Um, to, use really inclusive language so like i have i do not judge people who do not fucking know because like that's like sometimes you just don't come across that information but it's literally part of my job so i do come across that information all the time and it's important for me to stay on top of that um so i just share the information and sometimes it's received well sometimes it's like can can you shut the fuck up and i get it i understand all sentiments i um this movie this was a it was a fun little trip first of all it's that thing that we've talked about in the podcast before just aesthetically where we've got a movie that like is set mm. in the 90s but it feels very 50s to me yes um, because it's that suburban 50s like i didn't live this life in the 90s you know what i mean no i didn't no. grow up in this kind of community so it does feel like an older relic than it is well, also like it and I would say more 50s than I got fifth more 50s than 60s. Would you agree? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think M- so. Motif wise, I got yeah. more just aesthetically. I felt like I Particularly was getting. Particularly with the, the, the costumes, that, um, the way they dressed on and stuff. And I get, I mean, you could make the argument for like 60s as well in, in terms of some of some of these looks. I, I think when I see like, you know, the hot pants and things like that. Or hot, or hot pants, mm-hmm. is, that, is that more 60s? Hot pants? <laughs> I, to be honest, I guess I don't know. Maybe okay. I, I'm not sure because I just don't know <laughs> what's more spe- like. Hot pants yeah. feel sixties. It may, yeah, me. it may have been. It may have sort of been like this teetering between fifties and sixties for me, but it, it was. But it, it was clearly intentional. And I, but that was all. That was something that was happening a lot in like the movies in like the 1990s. They were hearkening mm-hmm. back to like this period thirty or forty years earlier, and it's happening right now with us because we're in yeah. the 2020s and we're seeing a lot of 90s influences and. In those 90s influences, we're seeing nods to the 1950s and the 1960s. And in like yeah. those movies, like when you think about like a uh, like a Clueless and you mm-hmm. think about like Christian and Clueless and like the totally. way that like he was full on giving you your James Dean fantasy. Like right. there's like so many. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And there's so many of those moments and those aesthetic nods that were happening in that time period. Um, a lot of times when you look at like the cars that people were driving in those movies, it was a lot of cars from the 1950s and the 60s that people were driving that were now mm. like had had somehow gone like full circle and we're now uh, a new sort of like emblem of like you know of like the new cool 
So yeah. it's just it, it's really interesting. So that was one of my first observations. Um, we have this the, the arguably the most chaotic character in the movie who is my name, and I didn't appreciate that one bit. And I felt like Jane was trying to <laughs> send some subtle message to me. It took me a chunk of the movie to realize what his name was, and I, I didn't love it. He's he's a gent that I remember best from stealing a Whitney Houston CD in Mallrats. Uh, uh, not Mallrats. It's called Empire Records. Thank if you, you have not listened to our episode of Empire Records, pause this right now. Go listen to the episode. It's a really funny episode. But it his the actor's name is or I think, finish Br- this one and then listen to it later. Okay. Whatever, you know I what just, I mean? I don't, I don't want anybody to feel pressure, you know, because then they don't even come back to this. Or they're like, you give me homework. I don't, I don't think, think people... so, woke police. How Jane of you? <laughs> I don't think people are like actually listen to us as much as we think that they do. Do you think do anybody's going to... I don't think anybody's going to pause this episode and go listen to the Empire I don't think record. so, but I would say that was a good episode. And so no, no, I would say... I just, I'm sure they're going to listen to it afterwards if they want to. If they haven't already listened to it. Do you think you're a person who demands respect from people? Do you think that you're a person <laughs> who deserves respect from people? <laughs> I want to know what you were away in uh, visiting your family, who did you treat like absolute garbage to get over missing me? I took a picture of you with me (laughs) and I would just go into a room and close the door and scream at it. And you just looked at it every morning and thought, how dare you? (laughs) Yeah, the nerve, the gall, I think is what I was most (laughs) heard uttering under my breath. Okay, okay. Well, anyways, our Brandon, who is the actor's name is Brendan, Sexton which is so like third. what's that do you think that that was like something that you think that was just the coincidence or do you think that I'm like sure the character was just named brandon like okay. why would they it make was that real, real my name was very popular in the in the 80s and the 90s so mm-hmm. <laughs> it is what it is deal with it be jelly if anybody <laughs> listening to this podcast named jessica is like shut up you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> or like jennifer like or heather i'm sure yeah, it was Heather. I didn't know that many Heathers. Oh, I knew Heathers. I knew Tiffany's. I knew the Crystals. Um, mm-hmm. Lauren's. I knew Lauren's. I knew like a lot of Lauren's, a lot of Laura's. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like Jessica was, the, I, I think Jessica may, for me, I think Jessica may be the name that I remember specifically the most, the most girls having. And I think that like, I want to say Matt, maybe for boys. There was a lot of, I'm, I'm just with a lot of mats. Anyways. <clears throat> um, yeah. So Brandon turned out to be, you know, Brandon's a complicated character. Brandon's a complicated, a complicated character. He has a father who wears, um, as Jane, I know she'd get me. So I'm going to say a shirts. Um, <laughs> and um, they're just covered in, they were covered. It was the a shirt was covered in like, I don't know. It's just, it was, it looked it was like they like, had splashed a cup of coffee on him and they're yeah, like, you're it a dirt like bag the dad design- now. Yeah. The costume designer had like taken some soot from the ground and just rubbed it around on, on his chest and was like, this is who you are. This is what you do. <laughs> you're poor. So you have to be filthy. Exactly. And you Very have bad. to not care about your kids and what they're doing. And yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you worry about you. Dad worries about dad. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's you your see, character note. You see Brandon's dad for literally like one scene for like mm-hmm. one second, so I'm sure I'm sure it was like a staff member. But <laughs> oh, oh, didn't, oh, didn't didn't go through SAG after I say. Um, <laughs> the back well, door. I know I know this movie was made on a budge a budget, um, but made a lot of money. Did really well. Uh, as yeah, we, it was made for. Like 800K, it made like, mm-hmm. I think around four and a half million at the box office, which is wow. really great. Wow. I mean, for Heather Matarazzo, 
from is her her debut. Um, you guys probably know her from a little Princess franchise. Diaries, right? I like to call the Princess Diaries. That's right. Yeah, uh, but she's been in a ton of stuff. She's great. Um, I did not know that she was a lesbian in real life. What? Well, I did not know that. I can't believe you weren't keeping track. I know Jane has like a. What do you have? You've like a. I have a a queer list. Okay, um, there we go. It's and it's very similar to like McCarthy's list. You guys have heard of that from the fifties. Um, speaking of the fifties, and speaking of one of Jane's ancestors. <laughs> And I just get it's if I've ever seen anybody I know even look at a member of, you know, the same gender or a queer person with uh, even just like, uh, you know, a thought a little too long, then they make the list. Jane, that's something I remember about meeting Jane was that Jane, I don't know if this is still the case, but I remember when I met Jane, (laughs) Jane thought that everyone was gay. And Jane always, when we would go out, she would always be like, oh, 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 it's okay. Oh, oh, that's a lesbian if I've ever seen one. And she's like, is it? I don't know. All they said was hello. But that was a thing that became quite apparent quite quickly. And I remember speaking to one of our friends about it because it was my first time in the big city and I was newly out. And uh, I just remember being really shocked by Jane's ability to peg everyone as gay. And uh, really quickly. I have been on a You have to prove with- your straightness to Jane. So you are you are the straight agenda's worst nightmare. <laughs> Jane, like the worst thing in the world for like Rick a straight DeSantis bro. is like Quaking. shaking in his boots. Absolutely, quivering. Um, the thing Ugh, is, I don't want to think about Rick DeSantis quivering. No, me neither. Wipe his name in the podcast. Delete him. Um, I mean, I will say that probably in my twenties, it was just like I just wanted everyone to be in on the club. So. <laughs> and also that's how you know i'm not the woke police i look at someone and i'm like gay <laughs> like, like anything like, like very don't let much a, like not don't okay let anybody don't let a gent walk by with a little swish in the hips because <laughs> jane's gonna be like oh oh gay i feel like there were a couple times too where we'd be at a restaurant or something and i'd be like oh like the waiter would be like cute and jane be like oh he's gay he looked at you and i'd be like really you think so and be like, well, to be uh, fair, you are in. If I'm on one end of the spectrum, you're on the other end of the spectrum where I, you do not know when people are gay. Ever. I still don't know if my husband's gay. Yeah, and that's been kind of a conversation that he and I have been having for oh, you know eight I think years. He thinks we're just like bros that live together yep. and share mm-hmm. a mortgage. I think, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, for sure. So <laughs> it was really funny to to think about. Well, not funny. It was just it was sort of like oh wow, like because I saw that uh, apparently Heather has said in interviews that like in this movie that's a I mean she is a twelve year old girl who is like constantly being bullied and one of the things which is like so typical and like the the silly stupid bully handbook is like queerness it's always like that's such a quick way to get you um of course in my case i remember thinking you're not wrong but (laughs) did you not yell it at me um but yeah like that moment where like all of the girls call her lesbo multiple times in the movie she gets cornered like the popular girl walks up to her in the cafeteria and she goes dawn i have a question for you 
are you a lesbian? And she's like, no. And then they all go, yes, you are. And then they chant lesbo at her in the fucking lunchroom. Like, well, I, the, I angsty, not... the angsty girl is the one who like, oh, we're going to talk about her. Who's got her own demons, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> well, they all, I just like, I don't remember. Maybe I, I don't, I remember kids being mean. I do not remember kids being this mean, as mean as they are in this movie. Is this something that I have like blacked out or is this intensified? In your opinion? Um, I remember middle school being the worst place on earth. Yes, um, I will. Agree I remember with that. that absolutely. I remember thinking, "What is this?" I remember that even the popular kids. I remember everybody was on eggshells in middle school. Even the popular kids were in constant fear of their popularity being taken away. Yeah. So I always felt like a really like dangerous like like a minefield is what it always felt like to me. Like middle school always felt like you were one second. And I felt like I was one of those people who I was kind of funny and quick. So Mm -hmm. like, I think that served me, but I definitely in elementary school and middle school, I got called gay a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, They weren't wrong. Uh, But uh, (laughs) the way they said it, it was was, was more the way they said it. (laughs) Um, um, But it wasn't like, Hey gay. Um, Was my friends would yell at me now when I walked down the street. No, it wouldn't. It would be mortifying as well. Um, Absolutely. Raised super religious also. So (laughs) you put the pieces together. Uh, But like, I remember with me, it was always like, if I could stay, if I could not run, that would, that helped me a lot. And I remember, this is horrible to say, but I remember realizing like, okay, if I cannot run and if I cannot like have to throw a ball, those are the two things that always gave it away as far as me being in elementary school and middle school was like when we would play sports outside. If I would like, if I would have to run to catch a base or if I would have to like throw a ball, I had this swish that I didn't know about. And I had this wrist (laughs) that was as limp as a noodle. And those were always the two things that would get me. And I remember there was a girl when I was in middle school. I'm not going to say her name because it's a really distinct name. Although she's a police officer now, which I was like, yeah, that checks out. But I remember (laughs) she like, she used to pick on me all the time. And I remember one day, like I, I like flipped it on her. And I was like, she always was calling me gay. And what did you call her? I think I called her a lesbian, probably. (laughs) (laughs) She was, she was, she was really good at sports. Like she was better than any of the boys. And Mm -hmm. I think she just resented me because I was effeminate and everything. And one day I was like, well, you're probably a a lesbian. And then she like recoiled and that was like, that shut her up. But I, but it was after this was like, you should check in on her. I wonder if she's gay now, because I feel like a lot of queer, like queer, like a lot of bullies who bully queer kids end up being queer. <laughs> she wouldn't let up on it. She would not let up on it. It was infuriating. And I remember like things like that. I I, I remember, yeah, I got I, I mean I got picked on from time from time to time. And I just tried to stay. I just wanted to be invisible. That was like the whole thing was just yeah. don't see me. Like I don't, don't need to be me, celebrated. Yeah. I'd rather Especially not be reviled. Middle school, man. But like this movie this movie encompasses a lot of that sort of that claustrophobic feeling, not being able to ever do anything right. And I wondered with this movie if if the goal was to highlight
highlight this experience or if the goal was to sort of tell the story of what this experience must have been like from that perspective. If that makes sense. Like, was this merely supposed to be from sort of like from the perspective of Dawn? Like, was this just supposed to be the way she saw the world or the way that she imagined the world to contend with her? Or was oh, this the reality of the world? Because when you're that age, you can't yeah. help but feel like everybody's out against you, you know, in some way. And so I wondered if this was some sort of like fun house, like reflection Version. of like her reality. Um, but either way, yeah. I mean, it highlights but- things that are really like pertinent to like, you know, <laughs> That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. And I can't remember we talked about that being the case with another movie too on the podcast, but I can't remember which one. But like, is this really like the experience or the like feeling of that experience? And I think like in this case, like, I don't think it matters. No, I don't think so either. I think it's still very like useful and poignant. Yeah, no, totally. But I do think it's an interesting, like, thing to bring up. And, I mean, you feel like... I feel so bad for Dawn. Like, there are moments where, like, she doesn't do anything wrong and still gets in trouble. or, Or she does something and the kids, like make fun of her and she doesn't understand why they're making fun of her because she's just living her life normally like when she invites you know people to be part of her special people club like she thinks she's being nice and like i want to do this fun thing it like really breaks your heart as an adult too because i think i'm like way more empathetic to these children than like i may have been when i was another child because you don't fully have an understanding for empathy you know you don't your empathy isn't fully formed when you're that age you know which is why kids are so fucking mean. <laughs> and and everybody's sure so and everybody's so self-conscious and people are right. really cognizant of the fact that like if they can keep the attention and the heat off of them because mm-hmm. it's like this it, there are tears to it because there's a group of chill, yeah. there's a group of people that are not the popular people but mm-hmm. you can still be like at the top of the heap in that group if you can prove yourself useful to like the more popular people in some way or if Mm -hmm. you are better at punching down than other kids that are also being ostracized Mm -hmm. and so it's like a it's a really like it's a really horrible cycle like what kind of what kind of kid were you jane were you a bully no i was not (laughs) i was not a bully i was just like Okay. Um, I mean, I think that's, that's an interesting question because it's, it's from my perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Like it would be so much more, more interesting to ask the people who knew me at that age, like what, how they thought I fit in. It's funny. It's actually funny that you say that we actually have a special guest here today. (laughs) Your fourth grade science teacher, Miss Abernathy, Uh, come on in the room, Helen, and don't forget to drag her. For <laughs> also, right. you it wouldn't be Mrs. Abernathy. It would be like another student. But <laughs> I think so. I in middle school was the worst. Like high school is bad, but I I could get away from the people that I didn't like. Most people, there's a really poignant line that the brother makes at the end of the at the end of the movie where Don mm-hmm. asks like. Mark, does it is high school does it getting you better at high school? And he goes, high school is better than junior high. It's closer to college. They call you names, but not to your face. And I was just like, that is a 
such a good assessment of what it's like in high school. Like people all talk shit about each other, but like rarely does it like, you know, uh, make it rarely is it as in your face as it is in middle school or junior high. Um, I had friends, I was not popular in um, junior high. Um, There was like a group of scary girls that were really popular and I, they were nice. I, I was nice to them. They were, they were, ambivalent about me but they were really mean to some of my friends and I remember I didn't I don't remember ever really getting personally bullied by them but I remember my friends like getting shit from them and that was so painful for all of us you know and they were in a lot of pain too you know like I have talked to my friends recently about like that time because i'm still friends with some uh, you know in particular um my friend lens like we've been friends since we were you know in diapers and we went to middle school together and (laughs) they're still she's like i'm so mad at some of those girls because they were mean to her i don't know i think i like avoided it just by like a having that like i think i you know I'm quick and kind of funny and can like get people on my side quickly and um, not that Lynn's can't I think she can too so I don't know what the fuck it was but whatever you never know like why people pick the targets that they pick yeah you really don't I do remember I remember I remember in junior high school one of the really popular like kind of violent boys I remember he was like one who would like punch people in the face and like I'm gonna kick your ass after school that kind of thing I remember I made him laugh once and mm-hmm. then and it before that he hadn't really made fun of me but he also hadn't like intervened when people did but I remember that being like sort of this moment where I realized that like that was a skill that I had that everybody didn't have and I think that I mm-hmm. I found ways to utilize that in in mm-hmm. high school as well I had a really good high school experience I was actually I wasn't one of the most popular, but I was friends with the popular kids, I'd say. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, it'd be interesting to talk to some of my friends from high school about their perception. I think I did a really good job of having friends in lots of groups. I was a theater kid, but I had Mm -hmm. friends that were very popular. I was good friends with like the captain of the football team and like the, you know, cheerleaders and things like that. But a part of that was that I made them laugh. Like I, like I made people laugh in a way that made them want me around. And I remember Mm -hmm. times where I remember times where I would think to myself sometimes like, uh, I don't feel like, I don't feel like being the jokes, but also, but also (laughs) understanding that that's what you're here for. Like somewhere deep down inside and, you know, doing my job. And so that kind of a thing, I, I I remember that was my role in the group, but Mm -hmm. But junior high school, and and this is, it's obviously this isn't about, I I went to a magnet high school. And a part of why I went to the magnet high school is because I'd gone to elementary school and junior high school with the same group of people. And Mm -hmm. you were sort of defined in this way at times and stamped Uh with like whatever you are by these people. And I remember I ended up joining this theater magnet at my high school. But I didn't join it because I was, like, obsessed with theater. I joined it because they had, like, a couple of magnet programs. They came to our junior high school, and they did this whole presentation in the library. Different the, the different magnets sort of set up with students from the high schools. And they talked about what they offered. There was, like, a culinary arts. There was a robotics. There was a law magnet. There was a engineering magnet. And there was a theater magnet. And I remember going and sitting with the theater magnet students. And they were dressed kind of funky and cool. And they started talking. And what I knew before I went 
went in there to that meeting. I went to this meeting for several reasons. This isn't what this episode is going to be about. I'm sorry, guys. I went to this meeting for several reasons. One, you got out of class. So that was one mm-hmm. of the reasons I went. And the other mm-hmm. reason was I hated these people that I'd gone to high, I'd gone to junior high school and elementary yeah. school with. I really, really didn't like them. They were mm-hmm. a lot of them were really awful to me. And I rem- and I remember seeing this as an out because I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, if I go to this high school that doesn't feed into that that isn't fed into by this junior high school i have the opportunity to be to reinvent myself and i don't have to worry about like this like you know this legacy that i'm bringing with me of being like you know the the feminine you know chubby boy so like that was a big part of why i wanted to go mm-hmm. to this new place this new school was i was like new identity like, and that was a totally. huge reason for me and a big selling point. And that's what I got. That's a big part of what mm-hmm. I got. I got to go to this new school and I got to form a new identity and nobody knew me. And mm-hmm. there was a couple of kids who went with me who had gone to my junior high school. And one of one of my really good friends, Sahar, she came with me. And I remember me and her. She was in the law magnet. I remember that moment where we looked at each other because she'd been very picked on as well. We were so funny, but just to ourselves and in our heads. And we had talked yeah. a lot of shit, but never these people's faces. But mm-hmm. I remember we looked at each other and we were like, this is our out. Like, this is our chance to, like, get yeah. away. I remember that conversation and we both got in. But I remember there were other kids who, strangely enough, they were all kids who had kind of been picked on. And we all ended up scattered throughout this high school and we would see each other from time to time but we didn't really interact but I always felt like it was this sort of unsaid rule of like I'm going to let you exist in this world totally. and make your own identity and I'm going to make my own identity and nobody here needs to know that we were both ridiculed or what we were ridiculed for <laughs> and like I think that and we'll I will give a nod and move on and exactly and I remember going to high school and I remember the thing about my limp wrist and the thing about the swish in my walk and all mm-hmm. of those things and I remember going to high school and a testing out a PE in the nurse's office, and B, I remember like like erasing all of those things from myself going editing, into high school, editing, editing yourself. because I knew what those things were that I'd been picked on, and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let that. And so, a long story long, <laughs> that sort of was my journey was like figuring out a way to shape a new identity away from all of these kids and like other people getting that breathing room, I think, to do the same thing. So what a gift that was to me. Because I think I would have probably struggled with all of that same bullshit had I gone to the the high school that we fed into. I wouldn't have been able to shake that identity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They decide what you are. People decide what you are when they go to school with you from a young age. And they Mm -hmm. they do not let you be anything else sometimes. And it is so No, because A, A, like, it's just human nature to want to pigeonhole people. And you don't know, like how painful that can be. I think a lot of that is like, you know, with Dawn, like she, people in this movie love to, like there's that moment where she walks up at Brandon and his bully friends and they're bullying some other kid. And she's like, hey, stop it. And she stands up for that kid. And then she walks up to, they run, you know, they run off or whatever. Because not because she was like <laughs> successful, but I can't remember. Like, yeah, something else happens. I think where they like have the to whole run. blue of it all was sort of like drawing attention they didn't want or something. Yeah, and so she like bends down to like ask the kid if he like. She's like, oh my god, are you okay? Like, do you need anything? And he's like, get the fuck away from me, wiener dog. You're ugly. And it's like, it, it's just kill or be killed in these scenarios. Yeah, it's, and it's like awful. 
you can't befriend wiener dog because then you're wiener dog's friend and that is a worse mark on what you already have you know what i mean it's just so horrible and i will say the number one person in this movie who has it the worst I think is Don's poor friend Ralphie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. who is just a like every he gets picked on with her. They call him the F word. It rhymes with baguette. You guys all know it um, constantly. And Don doesn't really stand up for him. And then oftentimes when the bullies leave, then Don bullies Ralphie because she's so mad that he's not cool. It's like, this is your one friend in the world. And we're just all like little angsty, you know, like balls of hormones, you know, just trying to trying to be accepted by these the by everybody on top who is horrible. But you don't have the like you just want that pain and that discomfort to stop. So you don't even care that befriending these people means that you have to be friends with shitty people. You know? Also, it's not, it's, Arjuna have another podcast called uh, Baguette, but with an F. And we talk about <laughs> a lot of this stuff um, on there. Um, no, I'm We actually we choose celebrities and <laughs> say Baguette or not. It's, it's, yeah, and we just get to yeah. pick who gets to be a yeah. Baguette. Um, exactly. But no, you're right. It's a lot of like, it's very political. It's a mm-hmm. lot of high school is very political. High school is like, well, junior I mean, ju- junior high. high school. Junior yeah. high school is very political. It's very like, it is. It's just like, it's scary. And also, I remember too, I remember girls who like, that I went to elementary school with who'd been picked on for all of elementary school. I remember those girls starting to like, I hate this word, but blossom. Um, oh, I like, hated it. Just but I remember it, like they start to develop, they start to like shed a lot of those awkward characteristics that they had and they are like, they are becoming more attractive. And mm-hmm. I remember like that sort of sometimes the popular girls would like, invite them into their world but then there were those times where it was like they wouldn't and it was like even even though you're looking at this girl and you're thinking like wow she's so beautiful it's like they still decided like we decide when you're beautiful we we decide who's beautiful (laughs) around here because also also the most important currency in junior high is like being being classically attractive and having the right clothes and don doesn't have either of those things and i actually read i was about how like uh, while I was watching the movie again I was thinking how painful that must have been and like how much this must have fucked with 12 year old Heather Matarazzo right? that like I thought about that too scene after scene after scene being called ugly <laughs> ugly dog face like Brandon he's like quote pet name for her is he goes hey ugly Hey, ugly, where you going? <laughs> it's like that is, and she responds to it. Like towards the end of the movie, she picks up. He calls her at one point. And she picks up the movie, and she's like, her mom's like, "Oh, you have a phone call." And she picks him. And she's like, "Hello," and he's like, "Hey, ugly, why didn't you show up?" And she's like, "Oh, <laughs> hey, Brandon, <laughs> my girl." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't turn around when somebody yells, hey, dog. Like, no, don't but, play the oh, game. So, so my point was, 
that she she did say she had it really fucked with her self-esteem for a while because there were all of these reporters asking her like how does it feel to play an ugly girl and she's like well mm. what i actually heard was how does it feel to be ugly of and so she has so I, I can't imagine doing that when i'm 12 and like having an easy go of it like i can't yeah, imagine doing that now and I, like if i was cast as like <laughs> <laughs> ugly witch number one i i would uh, i'd be like ha, 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 and then absolutely go home and cry every single night you'd be like you'd talk to you'd probably talk to the casting director and you'd be like oh my god you guys are doing this weird like opposite thing with casting that's so funny and they're <laughs> like, like oh, sure so there's gonna be like a lot of makeup and like prosthetics and they're like no girl you're just going out there bare face they're like, and all no we're gonna yeah <laughs> like we're gonna wipe all the makeup off your face we're gonna put the hair in that messy top knot you sleep in every night and we're gonna let her have at ya. everything you put on is gonna be the shape of a burlap sack <laughs> they're also they're like we don't want to add any prosthetics because we don't want the movie to be any more objectionable than it already is going to be with your <laughs> bare inauthentic. face. In it. We want an authenticity. So your your plain face is just fine as the ugliest witch in the land. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're um, like, you're going to make a great troll woman turd lady. Um, <laughs> and just like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Um, I love all of this. And it doesn't hurt. I have a friend who is a casting director in Dallas and I remember she told me that like she had a woman who like had like who called in tears because when you audition for like television shows and commercials and things like that you get like a breakdown and you see like the different like parts in like and you see the way that they're described and I I it's been a moment since I've done it I'd hope that they're a little bit better than they were but mm-hmm. I mean also I, it's not like I'm like you know, 70 years old. Like, this was, like, a couple years ago. Um, Right. (laughs) And, like, the breakdowns will just be, like, savage. And it's, like, they don't don't make, like, a special version of the breakdowns for the actors. So when you get, like, the call from your agent and you get the sides, which are audition sides, which are sent to you, it's typically a portion of the script or whatever's been decided on for you to go in and read for a part. They have, like, you know, you see the descriptors. And so you'll, like, get the script and it's, like, June, you know, disgusting middle-aged woman, you know. Also the fact that your agent was like, oh, I know who'd be perfect for this. That's the thing. I've got the role of a lifetime it's like well oh you thought of me first well hold on mama that was never the breakdown the baby boy received okay (laughs) no Um, wasn't obviously not you you're (laughs) insane looking like you are one of the most attractive human beings i've ever seen in real life you know thank you jane thank you and i don't and I don't need to like, I don't have to pay her anything. That was just it. Um, Not yet. <laughs> thank you for that, Jane. Um, but she talked about how like she was getting, she had a woman that like had, she's gotten that that side and it was like, you know, frumpy, dumpy, like unattractive woman. And the woman like called her crying and was like, I can't believe you're sending me out for this part. And she was like talking about having to have that conversation where you're trying to sort of like, but also needing an actor who like is aware of who they are and what they're selling as well, well which is super important. Being an adult actor, not Heather Monterazzo's twelve year old child actor, but part of being an adult actor is understanding your look. From again, what I understand, I'm friends with a lot of actors and people, you know, um, <clears throat> who are like actor adjacent and you're good at playing make-believe too so exactly i pretend to enjoy you (laughs) for at least three hours a week (laughs) 
<laughs> that was such a you joke. That is absolutely something that you probably have said to me before, but you look so scandalized. I'm <laughs> if, if I was wearing poils, I'd be clutching them. Oh my, oh my goodness. That is 100% something you would say to me. It Dave. Is. No, that was no, it was a really okay. good one. And I set you up for it. So I just I mean nobody to be upset with but myself. Don't take it from me. No, no, I'm just saying, like, yeah. I asked you to do that. I like I was like, please rip me. And then when you did, I was like, no. <laughs> Um, um but yeah anyways uh, i can't remember what i was saying but, no we're talking um, about no, casting and like that idea of like playing a right. part like this and you're right for like a young child and i'm sure any of these movies that are like where they're casting these films and they're bringing in kids and it's a story if you're trying to tell the story of the politics of a junior high school it's like yeah you're gonna be playing like the nerdy like loser kid or you know if you want like a ralphie and you're like yeah we need him a little bit don't make us say the word. Uh, <laughs> and his mom's like, oh, you got just that. Let me see if I can pull him away from a chorus line on DVD. Um, someone tells me we're going to have no problems. We he, need we need someone who looked like he could be Brandon's friend. Yeah, we need someone who's familiar with um, Angela Lansbury and Stephen Sondheim productions. <laughs> who knows exactly where Patty Lapone is right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is also speaking of me and the type of child I was. There is one of the I think back on things. I was at home for a week and one of my big projects was I went to I wanted photos and I called my grandmother. Mm -hmm. She came in from Louisiana to Texas. She brought a lot of photos with her. And I started <gasps> I'm so looking excited. For, there are some good ones. I there was first of all, it was the first time in my life that I realized I come from this like super religious family and like, you know, mm -hmm. everybody had their struggles dealing with me coming out and blah, blah, blah. But like, I, I looked at some of these pictures and I thought like, what did you expect? Like, <laughs> my, first of all, my grandmother kept me costumed. Like if I saw another photo of me with a sailor outfit on, it was just like, come on, what's going on? And there is nothing gayer than the Navy. Ex yeah, we all know it. Looking at you, Riri. Um, and so it's, it's just, it was just wild to see, see some of the photos and the ways they were sending me out into the world. There was a lot of themes and I don't remember there being that many themes, but I was looking at the photos. Don't get me wrong. I was loving it, including the pictures. I was loving it as well. But I cannot wait for all of these to be posted on our Instagram, by the way, just so everybody fucking strap in. <laughs> it was a lot. And it was just like, this is so funny. Of course, this is how things panned out. <laughs> Where did you find these tap shoes and why am I riding a unicorn? Um, <laughs> lots of questions. Uh, but my grandmother was like, you loved it. <laughs> she wasn't wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, of course, she knew you were going to lean right She's in. like, you were. Let me tell you something, Linda. You were living for every second of it, okay? I couldn't get you, couldn't get you out of that cowboy outfit. Um, so yeah, so very, very like that. But like those moments when like when I think about when I think about sort of that journey for a character like this, and I think about mm -hmm. like the challenges that must have been inherent. There had to have been sort of hopefully like the unpack an unpacking that was happening with like an adult like no, affirmations I, or something no, or I don't think so I think maybe now we're parents, probably better about that but in like 1995 do you think people were doing that you don't think Ralphie her parents were like we're spending time with her maybe like I mean, maybe who knows but I, you know <laughs> I have uh, it, there wasn't really know, space for that kind of thing all I know then. is that she said it really affected her 
So yeah, but I mean, even it's if just, there it's was so an tough. attempt, it didn't. Re- maybe it staved off some more hurtful feelings. But you know, I mean, this would affect anyone. And I think, I, like, I, I don't know what happened to Ralph, the character of Ralphie. Um, but I don't think he got it as much physically about his physical appearances as the character of Don no. did. Don was like Don was like the the main the main target. I mean, this movie this is her movie, and there's there it's the school itself is just like a battle zone. There's like the moment when she's Awful. when she there's that shot of her um, where she's been cornered in the bathroom by the girl who wants her to shit in the toilet. Um, <gasps> okay, we have to talk about this girl. We get, okay, first of all, this scene is like iconic. Oh, um, is it? And for me, I don't oh, know. Okay. I'm, I haven't really talked about any this movie with anybody. I used to like weirdly rent this movie by myself all the time when I was a kid. I don't know why, but it, I really loved it. It's like, but it's like a very intense movie. But, but there's this girl who we find you're, out is you're bright. like around the age. You, I mean, you're basically yeah. the same age as uh, she. I think she's like maybe a year older than me. Okay. Awesome, so but I'm like, sure that's a part of like the identifying too. Is it's like this was your time period, really? Yeah, I mean, I think I saw it a little bit later. Like, I think I saw this in high school, but okay. definitely, like, I, I one of the, the shocking things about watching this again is I was blown away by how young Dawn felt. Mm. And she didn't feel quite as young to me when I watched it when I was around her age. When you were close obviously, to her age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't that far away from me. But the bully character, the female bully who she sits down with the cafeteria and then is like, she totally made a pass at me. She's a lesbo. And then um, I'll, I'll, I'd love to set up the scene if you don't mind. <clears throat> oh, of course. Dawn walks into the bathroom at school and um, she sees that the um, bully girl is in the bathroom. So she decides, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and wash my hands. And the bully girl decides that <laughs> that is unacceptable. And she walks up to Dawn and she goes, you didn't come in here to wash your hands. <laughs> you came in here to take a shit. <laughs> and Dawn's like, no, no, honestly, I just want to wash my hands. And the girl goes, <laughs> liar. I can smell you from here. <laughs> Which like is horrible because like it's embarrassing to take a shit school anyways and then to have this girl like force you into admitting that you're there to take a shit and then she like pushes dawn into the bathroom stall and she's like you have to take a shit like you have to do this now and dawn is like okay because like poor dawn (laughs) so dawn tries to close the door and she slams it open and she goes leave it i want to make sure you shit i want to see it with my own eyes (laughs) which is like crazy and then dawn does the saddest thing she's like why do you hate me? And she goes, because you're ugly. And it, in that moment, becomes like a really heartbreaking scene for me. And like, just like the, 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 the relentlessness of it all. Like she just got called a lesbo all, you know, during lunch, she's coming in to take a shit or to just wash her hands. Who knows? And like this girl, we know. will not be her alone. <laughs> 
we know because this is like because you do the same thing as an adult like it doesn't change like you go in the bathroom you realize someone's in there and you pivot and like and like no it's like that's the thing about this scene that was so human it's like nobody nobody goes to the bathroom to wash to just wash their hands Get unless real. you like have like stuff on your hands you unless you have stuff off. on your hands but nobody's just like hmm, time to go wash my and hands no, t- no 12 year old is like oh my hands feel a little grubby I'm gonna go <laughs> Wash. And they go have a quick splat, a little water splash. Um, do you think that Don actually? Do you think she actually did drop the D in the bathroom? I don't know. I think she probably had to. I think she. I, see, I wasn't sure because there's a moment of her running out, and I was like, maybe she pushed past her and just ran. Like, maybe that's true. But uh, it'd be interesting. I'd love to talk to Heather about that. Not like her career or any of the other things. Just this one scene. You think Don shit? Um, the you, think Don, you think Don dropped that D? We we. I'm sorry this episode has become so much about my high school experience. We had a phantom <laughs> shitter when I was in high school. And it what was do you like mean an, a phantom shitter. Somebody was going to the bathrooms at my high school and they were shitting right they were like right when you opened the door to go into the boys' bathroom, they were leaving a mound of shit right there on the middle of the floor. Why do people do that? I don't know. And also don't know how you do it because anybody <laughs> could walk in at any moment. Like So you're probably poop and then remove the poop oh, and put it in front right, of the door. You're right. Yep. You had you probably do it in the stall, then you run out and you plop it and then you just run really fast but it was like, a big why why deal. why <laughs> it was a like, big that deal takes more effort than just i mean obviously yeah, it was a big a, deal in my high school and but, i remember and our principal was like it's our principal made an announcement it was so mad <laughs> and he was like we're gonna catch you and we're gonna involve the cops like it went on for weeks and oh he was so he was so hot i just remember like those alarm those those alarm those like announcements would come on and people would be giggling in class and he'd be like, you know, and Hall A, you know, the, the you know, the, 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 well, I forget what they called it, but they were like, yeah, you struck again, but we're going to get you. You're not going to get away with this. And we're going to involve the authorities. I remember thinking, like, how? Like, what do you mean, involve the authorities? But I just wanted to say, I had the poop connection to, um, to our girl D in the movie. Um, the school, also, there was so, the thing too that's so annoying about this movie is it's like every adult is like just blind to any anything that's going on with Don. Nobody steps in, nobody intervenes, no. nobody helps out. Like the spitwat scene during the assembly where there's like five, oh my God. like boy, this, co- like it's Brendan and his, Brandon, the actor's name is Brendan, it's Brandon and his crew, and they're all just like throwing spitwads at Don, and she's the shot of her just sitting there with her hair covered in like, like spit wads and there's a teacher who I think plays Tony Soprano's sister on the Sopranos um and sitting next to Don yeah I think you're right yeah and it's all just like unfolding and she is just like oblivious until she catches us Don retaliates by trying to throw a split wad at one of the boys Brandon and she misses and it ends up going in the eye of the teacher who's sitting next to her and almost blinding her but it's like Don had her reasons you know and nobody ever it's so annoying that's but that's one of the reasons why I wondered if this was from her perspective, because every adult in this movie is so ineffective um, and at protecting I do, Dawn. I do think that, but I also think it is one hundred percent like a relic from the sixties, seventies, even the eighties, a little bit, where like adults 
did not listen to children. Like they just, they just acted simply on what they saw. Mm -hmm. And if they asked for clarification and didn't match up with their story, they decided that someone was lying. So like, I feel like that because this is this sort of like weird relic of a super white suburban town in New Jersey, where like every, that all the houses are from the fifties, you know what I mean? Or sixties and everything has sort of that vintagey vibe. I like also like, this is like, you know, uh, a totally unevolved like school and totally unevolved community. So it wouldn't surprise me if that was like her experience. And it keeps sort of happening. Also a really like a touch that I really enjoyed. That's really little. There's like a Mm -hmm. scene where Brandon is like trying to cheat off of Don's test. And John Don eventually raises her hand. Her teacher who's awful as every adult in the movie is, Mm -hmm. um, does ends up making both of them stay after school. So effectively punishing Don for like whistleblowing on this, on this kid. Mm -hmm. And they both have to stay after school to do their tests. And then Don turns hers in and she's a D minus. And I don't know why that was so that, was so funny to me but i love i love dispelling the rumor that like this that like every like nerdy kid is smart because it is like it is so like yeah just because don's wearing glasses and like is picked on does not mean that she's like book smart i should say but like that she's excelling in school you know classically whatever but i thought that was a really funny touch because i for sure expected don to get an a on that and i thought it was a really interesting touch that it's like no like not that this is an environment that's conducive to like success or like no. you know her her doing well. I also think it's worth noting that like, and I know this from just grow. I grew up in the South, and I have, mm-hmm. I I have of probably like, I don't know. I not unique, but I just remember like. It's also true that, like, girls just got it worse. Girls got it worse mm-hmm. from adults. Girls were expected to, like... I remember when, like, my female cousins, like, they would get in trouble if they fought back like the boys did. The boys would run amok. And if girls, like, fought back against, like, retaliation or anything like that, it was seen as unladylike. And it was just like, oh, my God. And it's like... And then the girl shares her story and, you know, whatever. But it's like the idea of a girl going toe-to-toe with a boy... and defending herself Mm -hmm. in and of itself was something that was sort of seen as kind of appalling. It was like, oh my God, like your skirt's disheveled, your hair's messed up. And it's like, yeah, I was defending myself because, you know, the boy, and I'm not saying that it was like necessarily like, um, like the attacks were gendered. I'm just saying like, if one of my male (laughs) cousins, you know, did something, a wet willy or a noogie or anything to one of my female cousins and she Mm -hmm. defended herself, then it was like, what are you doing out here? What are you doing out here with the, you know, with the boys? Why are you, you know, that whole idea. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. something that's also sort of under the surface here too. Yeah. And I, I don't think that situation is unique to the South. I think like there are different elements and different layers to that, but certainly I do remember like growing up as a girl being frustrated that like part of my identity also had to be to look nice like boys didn't get that same thing boys you know could jump in the dirt and get their hands all dirty and mess their hair up and all that kind of stuff and I did and truthfully it's part of my personality to want to look nice so it didn't really affect me in that way but I remember like you know I was never a person who really wanted to get in the dirt but I remember the double standard for sure I remember there being a 
emphasis, like a, a large amount of emphasis on um, young girls just within my, you know, ads, you know, within my class and within my life, like we have to look nice. We have to look nice in a way that young boys did not have to. Um, and so the, it, I think it was, there was less of that like blatancy maybe that there might've been in, in the South and where you were growing up, but it was there for sure. It, yeah. I just always thought that that was, and it was like things like getting in the pool, you know, obviously that's mm-hmm. probably more racialized, but like black yeah. little girls also, it took forever to get their hair done. And it was like, you can't be mm-hmm. out there sweating with the boys and, oh, you can't get in the water. You got to put the swim cap on. We got to make sure that yeah. it's tight enough that your hair's not going to get messed up, especially if your hair has a perm on it. Like there was a bunch of like politics that are attached to this idea of like, you know, this binary that exists, this false binary that exists between, you totally. know, between the masculinity and the femininity. And like, I mean, the same way that I was, you know, I, I was, I couldn't play with dolls, which was like the thing that I wanted to do more than anything. <laughs> I remember when my cousins would get dolls at Christmas and I would look over and I would be like, uh, which is like, that's so funny because like, that is such a like, I don't know what that is, but I remember thinking like, oh my God, like that Barbie is gorgeous. Yeah. I, I mean, want to get my hands on it. And I, those I little high heel shoes. Of course. I loved that shit. I don't I know. the full wh- fantasy. I don't think that has anything to do with gender. Like I wanted that. And I yeah. was lucky enough that it aligned with my gender. So I know whatever mm-hmm. questioned, you know, also like, I don't think my parents would have ever really cared because that's just who they are. But like, I know most people like, you know, and I had a lot of like male friends too, who wanted to play with Barbies with me and we would do it secretly. Um, that you was know, my, that like, was, yeah, my cousins would let me, well, my thing ended up being trolls. Cause I was like, you're pretty close. You got a thick head I of hair. I remember you told me about your trolls where you were like, trolls are sort of like Barbies, but they're like more masculine. So I can get away with collecting. Them. I, yeah. And it's so funny because they're actually not at all. They're like these teeny little trolls with these jewels in their belly button. Like they're very like MTV TRL and like the nineties is what they are. They're giving Xtina and Brittany. Oh my God. Um, so true. And it's like, but I remember as a kid, it was like, give me that car. Home. I'm gonna I'm gonna manage this troll pair. And my mom being like, oh, he's playing with little trolls. I'm like, yeah, like a good boy. Um, this wall, like this wall of trolls with pastel colored hair and jeweled belly buttons. Like, <laughs> like that's somehow like more butch than like a Barbie doll. This, and these snatched Barbies with like this like flowing mane of hair and like these cute little outfits that they get to put on. Oh, like, I oh, love yeah, that. No, I'll just I'm just gonna slam these hot these Hot Wheels against each other, which I I also did have fun. I loved it all. That's the thing. It's also stupid. Yeah. I loved it all. But, you know, I, I think that, like, I definitely identified with Ralphie and, like, you know, the, mm-hmm. and also, like, I mean, we talk about the school life of Dawn, but we didn't, we haven't talked yet about the home life yeah. of Dawn, I which is like its life, own yeah. sort of like powder keg because it's just like yeah. Dawn's mother is so infuriating as a character. She is, but she's the person that you really want to slap. I mean, Oof. you just, she, you want to get in there and smack her across the face and say, wake the fuck up, bitch. No, I stopped. I was going to say something horrible. Um, but yeah, comedy goes to all sorts of places. That's what we're saying here. Uh, but no, her home life is awful. Her mom does these things that are so vindictive and like small. Oh, and it's just cake? the chocolate cake the- thing is so disgusting. And it's like she does not have an advocate. Like her father should have stepped in and been like, okay, we're not doing this. Her like, father this doesn't care. Also, what pissed me off about that. Okay, so the whole thing is that Don's parents are having some 
some shitty 20th anniversary wedding celebration and they want to have it in the backyard. John, Don has her, her clubhouse in the backyard and it's where she has her meetings with Ralphie and anybody else who wants to join. But right now it's just Ralphie um, in the backyard. <laughs> They're reviewing applications. <laughs> They're looking at applications for people to join the special people's club. But her mom is like, we're having like our anniversary. We really want to remove the treehouse from the backyard so that we sort of have all the space for our anniversary party, whatever. And Dawn doesn't want to tear down her, her, her clubhouse. It's her clubhouse. It's her special place. It's one of the only like real refuges that she has and like her life like it's one of the only places that is her own and it brings her peace and joy and her mom really wants her to and she says I don't want to and then her mom says to her at this dinner her mom's like are you gonna do it are you gonna tear it down this weekend and she says no and then her mom says fine if that's how you want it sorry oh no her mom says fine if that's what you want and she brings in the chocolate cake and she gives a piece to Mark her brother Missy her little sister her father and herself and then there's Don's plate she puts it out for Don to reach for it Don reaches for it and she snatches it away and then her two siblings say well if Don's not gonna have hers can we split it and her mom gives them each half of Don's piece of cake it's just so shitty and then she says you Missy and Mark are gonna be busy this week and you have to help me tear down that house and it's like okay it's like if you're just gonna do it anyway then like then, what's like, the use wh- in punishing me you dumb dumb woman like and it's it's so it, the cruelty is unmatched and the fact that like you want her to tear down this place of rest refuge so that you can have one party to celebrate yourself it's one afternoon like put a sheet over it if you don't like it or turn it into you know whatever like and and to and to like have also use her siblings against her is like so it's such like horrible parenting also don't make her think she has a choice if she doesn't have a choice don't exactly i hate that i hate like i hate the idea of like i want you to make the decision that i want you to make It, it and if you don't, then I'm going to punish you for it. It's it just, it's so infuriating. And you just feel yeah. so bad for her because it's like, she has no, no one who's on her side. And she thinks that she's maybe found a person who's on her side in Steve. Well, Steve is the only person in this movie who isn't actively mean to her. That's true. At, at least in the beginning. And he is, he is not even very nice to her, but he's no. not actively he's just a regular human being who isn't who isn't like disrespectful like that's it and it's like you understand how people grow up to like be in these awful relationships when you see like this kind of stuff you know happening because it's like yeah wow you found a person in life who like who just didn't treat you like shit and that's the barometer that you're using because you've been treated like shit for so much of your life it's horrible you know, like uh, the least you can should expect, you know, just a bare minimum, just a person not saying something mean to you. Yeah. And it's like, that's it. And Don like goes Don. She Don starts to sort of like she's feeling very much like on the outside of her life. And she develops like this, this feeling, these deep feelings for Steve, who is a member of, he's in high school. He's mm-hmm. a member of, although um, he looks like a full grown, like, I, adult think, man. I think the actor was like 24 in this movie. If I, but if, he's like a beefy 24, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. He's you now Steve Rogers. He's like, he's, a, he's giving grown man energy in this movie. Also like next to her brother who does actually give you like 17 year old, you do get like 
Yeah. And all and the, like, and the other boys in the band too. Like the three of the other the other boys in the band kind of give you like okay. Like but I do remember that about high school. Like there was this, Oh, for sure. The the there was like this, the breadth. Yeah, like there would be like someone who looks like they could be your father and then someone who looks like they like are should be in like fifth grade. I remember there was this like really small, tiny kid in my class, and he was super smart, pretty nerdy, like sort of kept to himself, but like he really looked like he was 10. And oh. he would be hanging out with guys who looked like they were 22, you know, and they're the same age, you know. I also, sorry, I uh, Matthew Faber, who played her brother, apparently died. <laughs> I did see. Sorry, yeah, I natural causes I, apparently I at age forty-seven. That, yeah. Like, that's really sad. Um, he does, really he does sad. a really great job in the movie. It's like the like, like the put upon older brother. Um, yeah. and he has one of the best lines. <laughs> he has one of the best lines in the in the movie. <laughs> um, during um, <laughs> during one of the of bands, during one during the bands, like performance, we later find out that like he's been helping, um, he's been helping Steve in keyboarding class, and that's why Steve has agreed to be in the band initially. Um, keyboarding class? Do you mean it was computer? B- yeah, computer class. We called it keyboarding when I was in school. Oh, I've never heard that before. Oh, That's God, funny. Jane, you're East Coast elitist. <laughs> um, but there's a moment where they perform the, they perform one of the band's songs, and he goes, uh, I think you were a little flat that time. And <laughs> it gave me big Nicole Scherzinger vibes. Um, and, um, it's her so ish- shitty. He tries to be so casual about it. He's like, hey, Steve, I, th- I think you were a little flat that time. And it was and like. And then he has, and then he has the gentleman on keyboard. He's like, "Hey, will you play his note for him?" Which is like savage. Yeah, it's. But so also shady. like, re- like my choir teacher in high school. You're here. It's here. This <laughs> is where I'm your... living. This is where the note is. Do you understand? You're too flat. Meet me up here. Meet but me up I here. Do... Struggle. Get up here. Climb. <laughs> but I do think that that's, I mean, that's your choir teacher. No, not your... <laughs> it, no, for sure. And it's also like, it's, it's, it's a band. I mean, you got to fix the problems. Mm-hmm. That's what rehearsals are for. Of but course, it was really, of course. But, but that Steve line is was... like, I know. I just... And Steve is, of course, um, a slave to his ego. So he gets really pissed off and just fucking leaves. <laughs> and so, but it's like moments like that. There's also like that moment where like Steve and, um, where Steve and uh, Heather, Heather, goodness, where Steve and Don are in Steve are in Mark's room. Mark mm. earlier in the movie, she tried to talk to um, Steve, and Mark sort of did the thing that you knew was going to happen when he was in the bathroom. She slipped in the room. The younger mm. sister talking to her brother's, you know, cute older friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Mark comes out of the bathroom. He's like, "Go," uh, and- <laughs> which is so funny because I saw that scene and I was like, "That would never go down in my house because there would be fifteen minutes of me and my sister." screaming at each other because i wouldn't leave i'd be like no i'm hanging what out your, pa- your parents wouldn't just come in and make you go um sometimes they would but You're like if they weren't there or whatever monster my god but also like i didn't care about authority oh yeah we know <laughs> Awful. So um, I would just like make a scene uh, and do Jane, you're gonna I get want. it back so hard. <laughs> oh my well, god! My mom always used to say, like, if you have kids, <laughs> strap in. <laughs> you're gonna, yeah, it's gonna be a bumpy ride. 
<laughs> Jane Jane doesn't love authority. I don't know if you guys have caught on to that. Well, also, because um, like I think like my brother and sister were like pretty well behaved, and then and then I was just like I'm the youngest, wow. and like my parents were like, "What is this?" <laughs> they thought that we they'd um, we should have stopped at Georgia. <laughs> they um then I wouldn't have a co-host. So that's true. You know, it all that's true. Out. Um, mm-hmm. but no, that's those moments are like just oh that's such a weird thought like what like what would i wonder how my life would be different had you not been like born like what would that mean <laughs> for me about centering yourself <laughs> no it's just i just thought about it right after i said that i was like no, oh, i know what? i don't what would i wonder if I, would i be here right now probably not right it probably would have well, sent me down s- a completely different i path. wonder if you would have like stayed in chicago or right? like you know I mean, not saying that like I'm the reason you stayed in Chicago. No, but, like, but I mean, you were such a huge part of my life. Like, I just wonder what like where the turns would have happened, and where like you know what different paths would have been sort of presented to me by you know not having you in my life and all the mm. chaos that came with you. And you know, <laughs> it's you a crazy thought. Isn't it? of that. <laughs> um, cue cue the last episode of Sex in the City, which seems <laughs> when she's like, I had a crazy thought today. I thought, oh. <laughs> what if I'd never met you girls? What if I never met you? And as then like, the camera like looks at all of them and they're like, oh, can we have a check Kim now? Kim like <laughs> sort of like stabs herself in her thigh underneath the table. It's It's just like, is this, is this over yet? Can we leave? <laughs> That's the um, fantasy I'm looking for. What if I never met you? <laughs> exactly. Can you make that happen? Um, so, yeah, but there was just like, there were those moments with Steve where you, you mm. felt, you felt it. You felt like... Don's um you felt Don's pining for him. He shows her all of his photos that he's he also Steve is just such a like manipulator. And oh my like God. totally and we find out earlier in the movie Don's doing her homework on Steve. She gets some intel about how Steve will literally screw anyone. And um <laughs> from her brother. And um her brother's basically like, Yeah, Steve bangs everybody. And then she finds out that he's hooked up with a girl who's in her grade. And Don, she's like, oh, I was on swim team with her. And Don reaches out to the girl who she finds at, like, the parking lot of, like, uh, a local a Like 7-Eleven. Yeah, yeah like, like, making out with a dude. on the hood of a car, like, smoking cigarettes. Like, she's she's living faster than Don is. And, I don't know if yeah. they're supposed to be the same age, but they're in the same school. They're in the same school. And she asks yeah. her about Steve. And she's like, what, what? she said... We finger fucked once last spring. Yeah, it's all over now. Yeah, she said, yeah, we finger fucked once, which is a horrible to hear a child say, oh my God. Pull <laughs> I my know. Ears I off. was like, <laughs> and then oh. there's all those scenes of like Dawn like looking at her fingers. Uh, and I'm like, I hated it. <laughs> it was awful. I was like, does the actor, Heather Matarazzo at 12, know what that means? Right. We finger fucked. Um, and she's like, and then she's like, oh, do you think I have a shot with him? And she's like, no. She's like, you're not that girl. Dawn, like, sweetie, look in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Um, it's so mean. It's so cruel. Um, but people have no trouble with cru- with negotiating cruelty in terms of Don. There's no, no like but- mincing of words. There's no moment where you hear it, where you see anybody do like a, like an in- like a pensive inhale where they try and process how they're going <laughs> to no. speak to her because they, they just, just look at Don and they go, "You, you don't have to worry about it because the way your <laughs> face is set up, you're good." 
on you don't have to worry about anybody wanting you um which is horrible and it's just awful and that's what (laughs) don deals with most of the movie and like also this fantasy that she's on about her and steve and it's just it's so it feels so weird also because it's like steve doesn't steve isn't giving high school boy which would already be inappropriate enough steve gives romance so it's like those scenes where they're near each other you're like this man is a full ass decade at least older than this girl. Like you're He's not more. giving seven. Yeah, you're not giving 17, 16 year old boy. And like that's okay. So there's the scene where she literally meets. She goes and sneaks into his room, and she's literally wearing like footy pajamas. And you're like, you're a child. And then there's that scene later where steve comes to study with mark but mark isn't there and so she's like i'll feed you whatever you want so she makes him like fish sticks or whatever and like i have such a visual visceral memory of being so disgusted by that scene of watching steve eat those fish sticks i remember that scene so often that like or not so often, but like anytime the movie comes up, like that's one of the scenes that like sort of plays in my head when I think about this movie, because the way he's eating them, he does a lot of like lip lip smacking. And I didn't realize too, which I think is like the whole part of the finger fuck thing where like they're focusing a lot on his fingers in that scene. And I just remember like being like fully grossed out by this interaction and her just like staring at him while watching him do that i don't know why those sort of scenes just like stuck in stuck in my craw it's it's gross and it's it's weird and she's got a lot of those moments with steve where it's like she's trying to make something pop off and it's just like girl (laughs) no want to see my fingers (laughs) he's like uh Okay, gotta go. <laughs> yeah, there's so, so many of those weird, weird moments. And there's also like this moment where the moment where she sort of realizes that her dreams of being with Steve are like all crushed when she he agrees like to, for 200 bucks to play at her parents' shitty 20th anniversary party in the backyard. And then she catches him like hooking up with some girl in like their garage. And that's where she realizes that things aren't gonna, the things are never gonna be if there weren't enough hints already. Um, <laughs> that was what broke it and that's her. what finally brings her over but then at the party there's like there's a videotape of like the party and like her family sits around and watches this video and there's shots of mark in the band with steve playing there's shots of missy her little sister being a brat twirling around outside everybody loves her and then there's mm-hmm. a shot of don and missy pushing don into the kiddie pool and don's like done herself up she's got her little high-waisted you know pants on I her cute love little top. don's party outfit it's the outfit that's on the cover i think of most of like the uh, some at least some versions of the the cover art for the movie yeah um mm-hmm. but it's like it's awful and the family rewinds it and watches it like on repeat and everybody's laughing and don's mortified and then don this scene where don decides in the middle of the night she takes the tape she goes outside she gets a hammer and she smashes the tape into a million pieces then she mm-hmm. comes in the room and there's this moment where she looks over at missy because they share a bedroom and she lifts the hammer above her head and then she decides <laughs> against it but she almost she almost just bludgeons her sister to death um <laughs> and 
it felt it felt uh it felt real you, you and there's a part of you that's like go on girl <laughs> do what you gotta but it's do not, it's not missy's fault it's her parents fault but like i totally understand why she has misplaced anger at missy because she's very fucking obnoxious i mean it's but not that misplaced is, it's it's deserved well, it's missy's her, but missy's but a Mrs. horrible brat but she's also like eight or nine years I mean, old. I get it, but regardless of that, like, she's eight, Don's 12. Like, I mean, there's four years between them for sure, mm-hmm. but it's like, Missy also behaves, you're right, Missy behaves in a way that is unchecked, which allows right, that kind saying. of it's behavior like that, to just, like... Um, her behavior, which she knows what she can get away with oh, and what yeah, she's allowed, sure. and that is due to her parents. It's like, I'm sure Missy, you know, like, had she had some sort of, like, you know, proper parenting may not be quite as insufferable. That's but awful. in eight or nine nine-year-old kid can be insufferable in their own ways anyways so i, I get it <laughs> i get it it's, 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 and it's, it's not but then we but get I, like one of i'm sorry we're gonna say i'm so sorry no i was gonna say the anger that she has towards missy is probably too lar- larger than she deserves because you can't you can't be nuanced about your anchor when you're 12 years old you no. can't you know <laughs> with your little you, sister who you who you're forced to share a bedroom with as well exactly there's um there's also so uh, then towards the end of the movie, Don's mother is unexpectedly not able to pick Mickey up. M- Mickey not able to pick Missy up from her <laughs> dance class. Don happens to be arriving home right as her mother is pulling out of the driveway. Um, her mother says to her, "Oh, by the way, I left a note for Missy, your little sister. When she gets home, tell her that I'm not going to be able to pick her up and to get a ride with one of her friends." Uh, mother's like home or whatever and Don sees the note when she gets inside she is she grabs it and I think her attention at least in the beginning seems to be to give it to Missy but ultimately as Missy's leaving the house Don opts to not do that and she decides Mm -hmm. to keep to put the note in her pocket and conceal the information regarding her mother not being able to pick up Missy from uh, ballet and so then a cue Missy ending up missing like they don't know where she is she's been abducted and the and you know her father has a nervous breakdown her mother is like falling apart and there's news crews everywhere and the search for missy sort of begins and don obviously is concealing the information about the note that she didn't give and there's a scene where literally everybody's like but the note her older sister gave her her sister had a note she gave it to her she told her about the <laughs> note about like her mom background and, noise but it's so pointed it's like it, yeah no the sister gave her the note she said the sister gave her the note we asked it definitely the sister made him multiple with, times the note yeah has been given. It's been duly noted. Um, She's got the note. She had it. The note was really going to be her ticket to not being abducted because her sister gave it to her. Um, And so then that guilt, that especially like at that age, like that guilt of like that one decision. And we've got like, you know, and you're thinking of like, okay, this little girl has, uh, she's been killed or um, she's had some other form of violence inflicted on her. I mean, she's an eight-year-old child. when you said she's been killed. Because you're not a good person. No, because it was the way that you said it. I don't. I don't think that's funny. Why are you but laughing like, now? Yeah. Right now, why <laughs> are you laughing at this moment? Because of my reaction to you. Uh, interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> your pedigree comes into question um, in moments like this. I didn't bring up pedigree. Bobby D. I didn't bring up Godfather Bobby Durst. But in moments <laughs> like this, when the giggles start, your association <laughs> to certain uh, hot topics of the moment. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm just uh-huh. mum's the word right now. But okay. we've got our but yeah, Don sort of heads out to New York at one point. So we get all this, and then you get the moment of like Don goes to New York, Don's plastering photos of Missy all over New York. Um, nobody's seen her, shocker, because it's New York. Um, <laughs> and Don like calls home, and it seems that they've realized that Don isn't there, but like it is but, like it they're is. so apathetic to it. They do like, not they, care. They do not care because missy is found it turns out that one of her teachers who's the same teacher that like at her parents like wet uh, anniversary hat was like carrying missy around on his shoulders yeah. he's like the teacher who like has apparently abducted her and i also like how they're clear to be like oh no she wasn't sexually assaulted and it's like <laughs> it's like okay, okay well that teacher sure. needs to be in prison for sure yeah it's wild um <laughs> so all of that happens and um don just returns home to like her family happy to have their their golden child back and um you know their son who's and going off to college soon. about don returning and home it's one of, it's very like oh you're back uh so that's <laughs> really awful and then also she has this relationship with like brandon the yeah. kid, the bad boy, there's like the going back and forth between them. There's the, okay, the word that we mentioned earlier, the R word is used a lot in this movie and it's very central to this relationship for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a moment where, well, multiple R words are used. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure which R word which you're, R word you're talking about. To. Uh, but there's a moment where she makes fun of Brandon and he says to her, I'm going to rape you after school tomorrow. Yeah, trigger he, warning, y'all. A wild moment. <laughs> I remember he whispers thinking... it like in her ear, mm-hmm. and then he's like, and then he like makes sure she shows up, and he, you know what I mean? Like she, uh, he, he, he says hides it out outside of the school near like the near like the dumpsters outside of the school. And when Don, she thinks the coast is clearly leaving class. He grabs her and he pins her against a wall. He tells her to take her clothes off. He has a like a pocket knife he puts to her neck, and he's like, "Take your clothes off." And then like a janitor, of course, shows up because it's like the school, like we're at school, and like it's like literally school just ended. Like it's just like, of course, an adult's gonna pop up, and like, Don runs away, and it's like, what are we? doing it's Um, so it's so horrible and like as an adult watching this i'm so much more horrified by this storyline happening than i was when it happened because i was like there's something about it that doesn't feel like it has the weight of any reality i'm not sure why um but there there as watching it as a kid, it didn't feel like that was ever really going to happen within this movie. It didn't movie. feel like that was really going to happen in this movie either. Exactly. I mean, you know, honestly, like, I didn't think it was going to, but still. And this is like, you know, black comedy, but this is definitely like a very dicey, like, quote unquote, running joke, I think. Yeah. Between- and like it's, it's a, a way lot, yeah. he, he it's like a way he like asserts power over Don, but also just like gets her alone so they can kind of just like he he does end up like liking her, I guess. And like they kiss a few times and he wants to be with her, but she's like in love with Steve. And then once she sees Steve as <laughs> a no-go, she goes she back goes to digging Brandon. Through her trash and ends yeah. up over at old Brandon's. And, and then like, he's done with her at that point. Yeah. And she's like, I want to be your girlfriend. But he's like, his dad's about to send him off to reform school, but he's going to run away. And then he's like, come with me. And she's like, oh, like right now. And he's like, get out, bitch. 
like basically leaves. It is is a wild relationship, and there's some very dicey moments. Well, he also Jane mentioned the call earlier where he calls her house and he says, "Hey, ugly." What he (laughs) says after that is, he says, "Hey, ugly, I'm gonna rape you tomorrow." Like he reminds (laughs) her of the. Make sure you're there, and you show up on time. And then John and John and then Don shows up, and like just walks. This time, walks up to him. Which in the same, which is in the same breath, the saddest thing and the funniest thing. Because <laughs> like, who would show up for that? It makes me so sad that Don does because Don, like, wants attention from anybody, no matter what it is, and also horrifying by the horrified by the fact that like, you know, she's showing up for this thing, but also like. There is something about it that really makes me laugh because it's like so wild. <laughs> you would be there's like, All also right. like there's also the moment where Don and and Brandon end up in like her like her clubhouse in the backyard and he's professing his love for her and then that's when she tells him that she has feelings for Steve and he's like who the fuck is he I'll kill him and <laughs> then like then he runs off and Don chases after me he pushes her down and he runs off and then her her little friend pops up from the bushes <laughs> He's been like uh, sitting waiting. in the bushes, like <laughs> waiting. It's so weird. Like, how did you get there? This is like we there? love we love movies where like queer people are just like existing <laughs> on the outside of like straight love and just like watching it unfold because we have nothing Absolutely. to do but twiddle our thumbs and like and wish for, for a version to be like and, not busy <laughs> and wish for a version of our lives where we can just like wash away our otherness. Like yeah. it is just like it is. <laughs> it's it's exactly what it is is what it mm-hmm. is and mm-hmm. uh yeah but like don i mean like i feel like when this movie ends it's just very like <sighs> it's just that ending of like things haven't been figured out and like no. don's still in the middle of it she's still trying to work her way through it and as an adult looking at it you're like oh god like life is gonna get her for you don yeah but this like is- this is bad it might get a little bit worse before it gets better but like you will get there and like i i I remember this as being one of the first move one of the first movies that i remember and that like spoke to me that has like a really unresolved ending like she didn't get anything she wanted she didn't get you know her future does not look bright but you don't you don't know what's going to happen with her but feeling oddly comforted by that because I felt like I'm not being like lied to. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Dave also just chimed in with is Don the inspiration for Tina Belcher, which I think is really funny. <laughs> oh my um, God. That's I think, hilarious. I think Tina Belcher is a bit more cocksure than Don is though. I will say. I do too. I do too. Yeah. You know what? Maybe <laughs> Tina Belcher is Don if she had like support. I was going to say, also, Louise, not on Louise's watch and not on Jean's watch either. Would, like, anybody (laughs) be allowed to, like, pick on (laughs) Don Belcher? I don't see it happening, baby. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, on a side note, we love Bob's Burgers here. Um, Who doesn't? Such a good shit. That's, like, like the most basic take ever. I love Bob's Burgers. Like, of course, you're a person. The the sky's up. Exactly. Um, but uh yeah, so that was our our trippity trip 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 
to the dollhouse. Um, Bran, uh, would you watch that movie again? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I'd watch good. it again. It's yeah. uh it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. I'd be yeah, I, I'd watch it again for sure. I think um I think that um, Heather Matarazzo gives a really wonderful performance in this movie. I do too. Um, it's actually pretty spectacular for a 12 yeah. year old to give a performance like that. I agree. Also, yeah. not that it matters, but Heather Matarazzo grew up to be like a very beautiful woman. And I oh thought that was just worth 100%. Like, and she was a very cute kid. She's a very you know? cute kid. And also, yeah. I think it's really funny that like, I don't know. I just think it's really interesting that like I see that and it makes me feel happy. Like like Heather Matarazzo mm-hmm. is Dawn, even though she absolutely isn't. She isn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, oh, but- she grew up to like she's married. She seems to be very happy and she's married she's to with a, a successful woman career. named Heather as well, That's, which I think is oh, so I didn't even cute. notice yeah. that. The Heathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Heathers. I would love to be in like a same actually no, I think I would no, actually. You wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> As soon as it came out of my mouth, I'd be like, nope. <laughs> no, you would hate that. I know. Um, as you okay, force so her, as you force your partner to be Heather too. Um, so question for you, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a movie that you want me to watch for next week? I do. And next week um mm. is gonna be uh it's a it's a big episode i mean we're moving slowly but surely we're not quite there yet but we are moving towards um the year mark in terms of um episodery um yeah and um this has been such an amazing journey and mm-hmm. i was trying to think of a movie that encompassed a lot of the things that i love about this podcast mm. and uh i picked a movie this is a movie that you have seen before okay um i've seen it before it's been a while for both of us um in the words of whoever sings that song it's been a while since i held my head up high it's been a while since who does sing that song uh i'm sure there are people screaming at their podcast oh we've talked about them before we've talked about i knew that was stained okay never mind this is not a stained fan podcast um although it's hard to tell they're they're like we know because it's only one song you know um but this is a movie that i think i'm really interested in talking to you about okay um it's a movie where that involves um action um it involves violence it involves a cartel it involves a switcheroo of sorts we're watching the 1997 masterpiece face motherfucking off <gasps> oh yeah babe i'm sorry i'm, I'm so very excited. excited i'm very excited about this, seen this movie in so long it, it's yeah but i'm like this is the perfect movie for this podcast now i'm really happy to break all the rules for that movie i think so well from time to time if it's a movie that we haven't seen in a while in a and while like, well, i don't really remember also, it very well at all. we can do whatever we want I thought that it would be a really fun movie. I don't and remember I, it. I just remember. Actually, can I tell you what I do remember about it? Yes. Yes. I have a visual of like, is this face off? Maybe I'm wrong. A visual. Oh, is this face off? I could be wrong. It, <laughs> of little glass beads filled with like green stuff, like being important. 
I don't that, remember that. that what that okay. doesn't mean. Well, we'll yeah. see if that comes up. Yeah. This is gonna yeah. be so much fun. I'm so excited. No, I'm um I'm really excited about it. I think it's gonna be yeah, and as Dave pointed out, this can also be movies we miss. Yeah, um, just movies we miss. It doesn't have to be in the past tense, like we missed it. We just missed this movie. Yeah. And I think um we haven't done Travolta on here yet. Um we which not. there's plenty of Rim Boys in Hollywood that can't say that. But um <laughs> we haven't. And um we also haven't uh I don't know, have we done have we done a Nicolas Cage movie on here? I don't We've think we've not ha- done a Nicolas we Cage. Oh show. my god, that's crazy. We haven't this is covered gonna be an extravaganza. Huge, huge stars um of the 90s, okay. um in the 80s. Uh this is uh it's going down. Uh it's going and, down. Uh, I'm I can't really, wait. really, really excited to watch this yeah, movie and talk about too. it because I know it's gonna be it's gonna be a ride, baby. <laughs> it's gonna be everything. And um, it's science. Well, it- Science, science. Um, thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed our take on Welcome to the Dollhouse, and you should watch it. Um, if you want to keep up with us, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Movies We Missed, and check us out on our very active Twitter at MWM Chat. Um, tweet, 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 tweet. Uh, we love you guys. We can't wait to see you next week. Um, and we hope you have a great, I don't, I, why am I talking? We will see you next week with Face Off. Bye. Finger fucked once last spring. It's all over now. <laughs>